Hi, I'm Alyssa, and you're listening to Stylistic Choice, the podcast for story lovers everywhere. Grab a mug of hot cocoa and join my guests and I as we break down our favorite books, TV shows, and movies to discover what stylistic choices make them the stories we love most. Alrighty, so on today's episode, I am going to be discussing the book The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Um, So I think normally I'll pick a few uh, elements of a certain story or that I really want to dig into, but for this one, I just kind of wanted to give an overview of the book and some of my general thoughts, um, because I actually really love this book. It came out in 2020, um, 2020, as they say, and... um, when I heard the premise, I thought this is exactly the type of book I would enjoy. Um, it's actually, and after reading it, it's actually exactly my niche, which is really funny. People with special, uh, supernatural abilities in some sense, um, and of course a bit of romance uh, and something very compelling, keeping them apart. And the writing in this book is also so good like the the style of writing is very similar to stream of consciousness in a lot of ways there's a lot of kind of rambly sentences that have a lot of and this and that um I just I just love that type of writing it it really gives goes with the the type of story it is which is just a story that's about time and how we experience it and the way that like Schwab manipulates the type of sentences she uses. Is it she? I should probably check that. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yes, I believe. Yes, uh, she, Victoria Schwab. Um, yeah, the way she manipulates like different sentence structures um, in order to get that sense of time. Very good. But like I said, I'm trying to focus on more of my overall thoughts um, on this episode. So I'm just going to get a quick synopsis of it. Um, Basically, this story follows the life of Addie LaRue, as the title says, who is a young girl who makes a deal with the devil um, to live as long as she still wants her soul. And then at the end of that time, she will surrender her soul to the devil and officially die. However, of course, like any deal with the devil, there's a twist, and the twist is that she goes through life as a ghost. She's unable to leave any mark on the world, and everybody she meets forgets her um, almost the second they leave her presence. She originally makes the deal because she doesn't want to live and die in her hometown, hometown without ever truly living, and so she's facing this momentous time in her life, this tipping point, and she realizes that she can't keep going on this path. And so um, she makes a deal, and then we get to follow her through the centuries as she begins to build her own path and find her place in a world that can't remember her. Um, And then the love interest, Henry, uh, is also cursed by the devil when he makes a deal that he will be enough for everybody he meets. He's someone who really struggles to know what he wants to do in life and really trying to find his direction. 
Um, and he really struggles a lot with feeling too much all the time. There's like this really beautiful metaphor that Schraub uses when she says that Henry feels like his heart was broken as a child. And even though the doctors say it's all fixed, he wants to tell them that there's something still cracked inside because he feels too much. It lets too much in. And he just feels himself, these cracks in his heart, filling with just the, the depths of sadness, the lowest lows, and also the most euphoric highs he's ever felt. And so he's very sensitive in this way, and he really struggles with this emotion, emotional pendulum. And finally, one day he snaps and he makes this deal to just be enough for everyone around him and not have to struggle so much with feeling lost and inferior and yeah and so it's kind of a very this book as a whole I feel like is a book that is based a lot on an idea rather than action like a lot of really interesting things do happen in the book and it's all a part of this big story but a lot of what I love about it is the premise of a girl wanting to experience life to the fullest and the question of whether you can do that without people around you knowing you and as you like on that deeper level she can connect with people in short periods and she can talk with them and she's not completely isolated but at the same time she's never fully known so can you have a fulfilling life can you how long can you go like that living so lonely and it's life worth living if it's not lived with others. And then you have Henry who has this really interesting question of it's life worth living if you're not a, considered to be enough by others, if you're not feeling like you're fulfilling your destiny in a sense. Like, yeah, I just, I just really am intrigued by these ideas and I think the format of the story itself presents it so well and tells and explores these ideas really well. Uh, and of course, <laughs> this is definitely a spoiler review in case you haven't noticed by now. <laughs> and so I will warn you going forward, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of um, spoilers, but in essence, we get to see what, their curses truly mean when they come together and find that through each other's curses, their own are broken. So Addie is remembered by Henry and she holds on to that, those three words, she says, that I remember you, I remember you. And she hears his, her name in his mouth and she doesn't realize how much she's missed being known and having her name be known. Because even as she tells other people who she is and and shows herself to people, she's never disingenuous or trying to be anybody but herself. But they can't know her in the same way as Henry can because he can remember her and build on top of his past knowledge of her. And more than anything, he, he can know her name and say her name. <sighs> Wow. And then on Henry's side, he's always just wanted to be enough for people. And now his curse is that everybody sees him as they want to see him. 
it's not that what he is is enough for people now. It's that he becomes their image of what is enough. And so for Addie, all that she ever wanted is for someone to remember her. And he does that, and that's enough. And so she's able to see him then without these clouds in her eyes, just as he truly is. And so he's able to feel enough as he is and not this inferior person who's been left behind as everybody around him surges forward. Uh, And so it's really beautiful because, like I said, this is very much like a fantasy or speculative fiction, maybe. It's labeled as fantasy or science fiction on my edition. Um, So we're able to kind of see that contrast between what it means to be forgotten and what it means to be seen and known. Literally, like quite literally. Uh, I feel like these are fears that people have in real life all the time, like feeling like you're not enough. I, I, I wrote down a quote that I wanted to read <sighs> from Henry because, oh, Henry, boy, he was very relatable to me, which is kind of concerning. Um, so he said, um, when he's talking to one of his old professors and his professor at his doctorate program is asking what he's going to get his PhD in, this professor asks, what do you want for yourself? And Henry responds that he doesn't, he's not sure. He blinked and somehow years had gone by and everyone else had carved their trenches, paved their paths, and he was still standing in a field uncertain where to dig. And then later he says about the same issue, Choosing a class became choosing a discipline, and choosing a discipline became choosing a career, and choosing a career became choosing a life. And how was anyone supposed to do that when you only had one? Oh, boy. Um, and then this is another quote. Um, People say that you'll find your calling, but that's the whole problem. You've never felt called to any one thing. There's no violent push in one direction, but a softer nudge in a hundred different ways. And now all of them feel out of reach. Everyone else is now a mile down the road, and you're still trying to find it. And the irony is hardly lost on you that in wanting to live, to learn, to find yourself, you've gotten lost. So that sums up Henry. He's basically feeling like everybody else has surged around them, him, found their place. And he's still stuck in the same spot, and now he feels like it's too late to do anything at all. And I think like that's literally something that a lot of people, I think, struggle with. And so it's really interesting to see that played out in a kind of fantastic way. It It's turned into this, like, imagine that no matter what you did, it'd be considered enough. And no matter what you did, you'd get anything you asked for. You want to be a world-class photographer, as Henry considers doing. He could get there. He could do that. Uh without even having to try too hard. He's offered a tenured track without even getting a PhD. And so all of a sudden, all these things he thought he wanted are in his grasp and he has to say no to them all. And you start to see how all these things aren't worth it if you don't have to work for it. And if you haven't really decided on doing it for yourself, in a sense. Yeah. 
it's because, like he says, everything isn't real. It's not real. It's not real. It's all the curse making it real. Um, and for him, that's not enough. He wants to. He wants to be enough as he is. Um, and so I think that through his story, his side of the story, we kind of get to see him come to terms. By the end of the story, he still doesn't know what he wants to do. And I think that's so important that at the end, he's no further down the path of knowing what he wants than he was when he first met Addie and when he first found someone who could break his curse. But he's finally satisfied with himself and being where he is in this uncertain spot. And that's definitely like the first step is knowing that you are enough as you are and accepting that even if people around you don't think that what you're doing is enough, you have to accept that what you are doing is enough. And so, yeah, I just think that through the like fantastical element of the curse, he's, we're able to like explore that idea in a really interesting way. Ugh, yeah, okay. But then on Addie's side, we also get to see... I think Addie's curse, she basically just wants to be free and to have as much time as she needs to truly live and experience that freedom. And so in that interpretation and her deal, that freedom is interpreted to mean to have no connections to other people. And by not having anything weighing you down to the past or to the future, you're able to just live in the present. And that you're in this infinite present and each moment is your life. And in each moment is when you have complete control over what you're doing next. There's nobody expecting you somewhere and no past regrets to hold you down or to draw you back. And so in that sense, she is free. But we also see how, I also think that sometimes we think of things that we're connected to, things that anchor us to the world as these weights keeping us from freedom. And by the end, she's seen that even with all the things that come with being weighed down by the world, it's, it's, sometimes that's, that makes life even more worth living. Because by the end of her year with Henry, she's, she, when, when the devil asks her again, like, was it worth it this one year when you're going to have to hold the weight of losing him for an eternity? Like, was that year worth it? She says, yeah, it's worth it. I think she says it's worth it. Well, yeah. But anyway, um, what was I thinking about? I'm so sorry. I've lost my train of thought. There's just so much I wanted to talk about. Um, yes. So Addie's Curse, it's about freedom. It's about being untethered to the things around you and so that you only have yourself to answer to. And that's a type of freedom, but it's not as full and real as and as meaningful as she thinks it will be. Because in reality, she begins to chase these little moments of connection with others and the ways that she can leave a mark. 
and so she becomes art. She becomes an idea, like she says. Uh, what's that quote? Art is about ideas, and ideas are wilder than memories. They're like weeds, always finding their way up. And she straightens, lifts her chin, and smiles with an almost defiant kind of joy. But isn't it wonderful, she says, to be an idea? <sighs> yeah, so she becomes an idea because she wants to find a way to leave a mark. Because she realizes that her life can't be complete until she is remembered. And in a sense, that's why her story kind of ends when it does, why her life kind of ends when it does, is because Henry finally remembers her and she finally has satisfied that need to be known in that deeper way. After 300 years, she has seen so much and has lived in so many moments and seen beauty and tragedy and everything in between. And still that's not enough for her to say that I'm done living until she has had a year being known. And it is only then that she finally decides to rest in a sense. It sounds like her story is kind of continuing on after. Um, and I think she's gonna live forever in a way. Um, but it is really beautiful to see how she she carves out a, a life that she's satisfied in, more or less, but it's not really completed until she finds another person to share it with. So I think, like, overall, the, the point of this story is to say that as heavy, as, as hard as it can be to be tied to other people, either their approval or their expectations or even just being expected to be somewhere at a certain time in some senses. To be without that, to be without anybody else's expectations and to be without anybody waiting for you to come home life feels unreal. It doesn't feel like it's truly lived. And so I think this book was a really beautiful way to explore that. Um, yeah. I think, okay, I'm going to dive into a different idea um, that this book brought up for me as well. I also thought the idea of um, the present, being, like, living in the present was really interesting, because in the story, we kind of see time almost as a character, and it's experienced in different ways, and for Addie, time kind of fades away, in a sense, because she's living in the series of presents, never a future, never a past, and so when she's going on, like, one of her first dates with Henry, she says, Nervous, like tomorrow, or a word for things that have not happened yet. A word for futures, when for so long all she's had are presents. Did I write down another one? Okay, I think that's the only one I wrote down. Um, and so for her, like, to be bound to a past or to a future hasn't 
happened for her in a really long time. And so it's a really interesting way of looking at time and understanding how you experience your life and how you go about choosing what to do with each of your days. Because for Addie, she can see a movie 20 times and she can see it 20 more times and it's not like she wasted time. It's just how she, she, what she was doing for those moments. But then you get Henry and he's experiencing time in such a different way. Like it's speeding up. Like it's slipping through his fingers. It's, it's such an interesting contrast. He says, do you ever feel like you're running out of time? I mean, feeling like it's surging by so fast and you want to try and reach out and grab it. You try to hold on, but it keeps rushing away. And every second there's a little less time and a little less air. And sometimes when I'm sitting still, I start to think about it. And when I think about it, I can't breathe. I have to get up. I have to move. Because for him, time is num- his time is numbered. Like he has a watch weighing him down, tell- reminding him every moment that... That's one second spent that that he can never get back. It's a constant reminder that his life does have an end date. And so for him, time is just speeding by and he doesn't want to waste any any second of it. There is only one moment in the future that matters and that is the last moment. And it's interesting because for Henry and Addie, they both end up in the same spot, though. They both end up wanting to take every moment and savor it as long as they can and enjoy it to the fullest. And they come to this conclusion from completely opposite directions. Because in the end, there will be an end. (laughs) And even though Addie doesn't know when hers is, she knows that in order to make life worth living and to make sure she wants to continue to that inevitable end and not make it immediate as she could, she has to enjoy the moments in between now and that moment, the ending moment. And Henry, he knows, he knows his end. And so he knows that in order to make the most of this one year he's been given, he has to take every moment and make it last as much as he can. So yeah, okay, so th- yeah, so time as like a character, as as a kind of background of this story is so interesting because it's experienced in two completely different ways, but they come to the same conclusion of the present being what they have and what they're living for. And I think that's like really really cool because um, so much of the way we tend to live is either holding on to the past and wanting to live up to past expectations or fulfill past promises or be bound to a certain past path either that or we're looking towards a future and living for the future refusing to take time for break now because you're trading time, fun time now for fun time later, or you're, you're trying to build your way to a future self that you haven't achieved yet, 
And so in these ways, we're tied to the past and we're tied to the future so much so that in the present, we're in almost like a fog caught staring backwards or forwards. When in reality, like this book really, for me at least, emphasized how important it is to just be in the present and what it means to be in the present. I never quite understood what people meant when they said live in the moment. But I think in this story, all we see are moments. The story is told in such short chapters and so many short chapters that just capture small snippets of time where Addie and Henry aren't looking to the past and they're not looking to the future. They're only looking at what they're doing right then. And that's all that matters because that's all they have. You can't go back to the past and you can't jump to the future. You only have the present. So time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else I want to say about that. But that was just very beautiful to me. Okay, and I think I'll just have one little thing to add um, at the end here. And that is what it means to leave a mark on the world. And I think this... It's really interesting because I've done some writing of my own and I wrote a story that echoes this one so much. And so when I was reading this book, I just felt it's it was one of those experiences when it's almost like you understand another person because they you see how you both see the world in the same way. There's like a glimpse of the other person's mind and the other person's thoughts and they're the exact same as your own. And in this part of the story about what it means to leave a mark and what it means to be known, uh, man, I've been thinking about this for so long and in so many ways. And I think Schwab just captured it so well and so interestingly because she created a character that cannot be remembered and yet she constantly is searching for ways to leave her mark on the world and Addie she sometimes talks about her curse as almost a gift as sometimes she'll try and break something and it's unable to break she accidentally steps on something and it's destroyed but it comes back together uh, before her very eyes, and so she suddenly realizes that she's unable to break things, she's unable to destroy, and I think that's something people sometimes want, is to be unable to destroy things, they want to only leave the positive marks on the world, but Addie, she also can't create, she's unable to write or draw two things that she finds such joy in and believes hold such beauty and memory in a lot of ways. And because she's unable to create, she's unable to be remembered, of course. And I think that's like a balance that can be difficult for people to reckon with sometimes that living means both creation and destruction that you can't help but destroy but if you really try you can also create to 
offset that loss. And I think that fact that she's unable to have one without having the other is really important to see. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, um, it's interesting because Henry, of course, is able to create and destroy as much as he wants. And yet he chooses not to create because he doesn't believe it'll be worth it if it's not judged honestly. And I think that's a different sort of way of looking at creation. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that was a long pause. It's a different way of looking at creating that, uh, a, a way of looking at it where its only value is whether people appreciate it and whether it's liked or enjoyed. Whereas for Hattie, it's simple. It's it's the simple fact of being able to create is the gift, not whether it's wanted or loved. That's That doesn't matter at all. It's the joy in the creation that is the goal. Um... And I think by the end, they're both able to get what they want because Addie's able to tell her stories and she's able to create a narrative in some way. And she's able to create a relationship and that's a mark and that's enough for her. And Henry's able to forgive himself in some ways for not being what he thinks he should be. And he's able to finally tune out the criticism and just do what he wants to do and then appreciate the the applause when it inevitably comes and oh and then this will be my my final thought for this um episode I kind of want to talk about the ending because uh, as a helpless romantic, as I I call myself, um, I of course wanted Henry and Addie to find a way to live for, together forever, happy and finding the lost pieces of themselves in each other and finding each other in each other like the gift of their their curse. Um, and so of course when it ends with them becoming separated, um, with Addie pledging her soul, not her soul, pledging herself to the devil in exchange for her soul at some future point, and Henry just kind of alone in his apartment. I actually was surprised by how much I appreciated this ending, because it's not your typical happy ending, and yet it satisfies that part of you that needs something a positive note to end on. It's, I, I don't know if cathartic is the right word, but it might be. Because it's definitely bittersweet. They're both sad to have to come apart because together they've had such joy. And yet they're able to appreciate the year they had together and the good that came out of it as the gift it was. 
and the gift they found in having each other. And they both go away completely changed because Henry's able to feel comfortable with the uncertainty of his future. And Addie's able to look to, to a new future, one where she is free. Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't know how else to end this other than saying I, I enjoyed the ending. I thought it was really beautiful to see how they're able to move on into a better future for each of them. And while simultaneously letting that year together, they had, like, continued to impact them in beautiful and positive ways. So they're holding on to the past only so much. Only in so much as they need it to help them in the present. Uh, rather than just pining over each other as, like, lost love. Yeah. They're able to just continue and be happy in their own ways. And I thought that was really inspiring. Okay, um, I'm gonna end it here. Those are my general thoughts about the major themes of the invisible life of Addie Rebluru. I could probably keep talking about this, but um, I think I'll, I'll end it here. Um, thank you so much for listening all the way through to my silly little thoughts about this book. I really um, enjoyed this book in case you didn't tell. I would recommend it. Um, and if you haven't heard of it, and it's, it's, it says it's a number one New York Times bestseller. Um, I'm not surprised. Yeah, there's some uh, more mature elements at certain points. Um, I don't know if this is, I think it's probably more adult fiction than um, young adult fiction, which it's my typical fare, it's young adult. Um, but I still highly recommend it. I think it's super interesting and very thought-provoking. Um, yeah, I hope you have a great day and I'll be signing off now. <laughs> Go read a book. <laughs> I don't know. Alrighty. Bye.